All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to Tag Team. My name is Riley Holbert, joined by my good friend, J.W. Crewall. J.W., how you doing? It's 2020. What's going on? Wow, not a ton, Riley. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 2020, I am full of optimism. I am infused with new life. Wow. Yes, yes. I'm a new man. A new man. New J.W., yes, yes. Wow. I kind of liked the old J.W. Does he have to go? Uh, well, I think it will be improved. We'll have okay. to see after my hair grows a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You showed up for the people viewing this. JW showed up on stream today and he had like one of those bands that people with like men with long hair wear. <laughs> he looked like a 15 year old lacrosse player. Yo, <laughs> salad, the filthy salad. <laughs> so. The lettuce, bro. <laughs> you were looking like you were looking like a snack for sure. So that's right. I asked that he well, put on a hat. <laughs> yeah, you made me change it. The only hat I have is like a one leftover hat from the world's thing that I'm trying to sell on eBay. So <laughs> I hate to see it. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Does Anne like the the progression of the man bun? Is she okay with this? No, but I think she respects it because for me, it's just trying to do something like it's holding myself accountable in one small area to hopefully hold myself accountable in bigger areas um the one thing that i did all of 2019 and i think i'll carry it over into 2020 is like documenting all the spare change i find on the ground (laughs) it's such a stupid thing but the idea is that if i can be disciplined in that subject material then i'm getting more disciplined on the whole or you're just turning yourself into having obsessive convulsions that could also be true (laughs) (laughs) i didn't think about that yeah (laughs) i'm just kidding i'm just kidding i'm excited to see the end result is that going to be the only appearance change for jw is maybe like blue hair blue man bun oh oh i didn't even think about colors i was kind of honestly thinking about mohawks Oh God. What do you think? Just like a big old mohawk. I don't think you can do it. Well, that sounds like a challenge. All right. Well, after the man bun, you can shave it down into a mohawk. Sounds like my discipline is being challenged um, and that it's uh, it's something that I can strive for. I think you might have the discipline to grow a mohawk, but the, the face for it, it might be lacking. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. I need a few more piercings. You just don't look like the kind of guy who'd have a mohawk. You're... I need to split my tongue down the center. <laughs> that remind, did you ever see that SNL sketch with the sketch with the uh, the guy who's getting his horns removed? Is it John Mulaney sketch? No. <laughs> it's like this guy's coming in and he has those like implanted skin horn things. Okay. And he like brings his girlfriend in to to like explain that he's getting them removed and john mulaney is the doctor and she's like well are you going to keep your gauges he's like yes i'm going to keep my gauges and i'm going to keep my calf holes and i'm and john's like wait calf holes what you have holes in your calves it's it's pretty it's just ridiculous oh okay because he has just all these weird yeah things. like absurd like body modifications okay okay gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. like his butt crack was a zipper or something ridiculous <laughs> 
<laughs> that sounds pretty funny. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. All right, you can send me a link. You can send yeah, me a link. I'll send you a link like later. Anyway, we are now coming to 2020. JW's growing his man bun. But I thought, what better time than now to talk about goals for the year? So usually people do it by season. But I'm curious, what kind of things are we trying to achieve in 2020, either on the podcast or in your own personal Pokemon career or as a streamer? What is on the radar for JW in 2020? Sure. For me, the personal goals that I have for content creation are to, um, you know, hit a certain sub goal on Twitch. That would be a big dream of mine to hit, you know, 200 subs. I think that would be a very feasible, doable goal, which is basically would be about doubling what I have now, a little more than doubling what I have now. Um, and then putting out more regular YouTube content. YouTube is not a platform that um, a lot of people see as like growing, um, but I do think it's the best way for content creators to get exposure at, you know, in its current iteration. So I just feel like having more presence on YouTube um, is a big deal for me. And just personally to be able to take the videos, whether or not it's just things that I've recorded on a daily basis and re-uploading them to YouTube or making some YouTube specific videos, which I have a few in mind. Um, you know, just doing more on YouTube would be really great. Um, other things, I think we all could lose a few pounds. Uh, <laughs> Pokemon wise, I think, you know, we could all win a few more tournaments. So those are kind of the whole 2020 goals for me. Yeah, for sure. So it seems like content creation is going to be a big focus of your 2020. Is there anything that you've done to like, or have in mind to bring those goals into reality? Um, just being more present and being able to use my time a little bit better. So I think on a daily basis, I have identified some areas that I maybe don't have the best focus. And so trying to take those time periods, because I one of my biggest in 2019, one of my biggest uh, things, my biggest problems was that, oh, I didn't have enough time to, you know, upload things. Right. But then I kind of was realizing it and it just took this long break to kind of figure it out that I waste a little bit too much time doing just on the in between things. Oh, um, yeah, for sure. You know what I mean? I like, do. Yeah. So, <laughs> so that's something that I'm trying to be more aware of, uh, trying to be more focused on and trying to change and hopefully that'll see you know the benefits in the content creation because that's what i want to you know hopefully that there will be benefits in practicing obviously that's a big thing right now for me i'm trying to practice four hours a day but also trying to run a twitch stream and then hopefully trying to have more presence on youtube so it's just cutting out that in-between time i think it's really gonna help open up my day where now i feel like i can't do everything um, but I also feel like I waste a lot of time. So, you know, maybe if I feel like I can't do everything, but I utilize my time better, then I'll feel more fulfilled. <laughs> yeah, I totally so. understand. At least then you're putting your foot forward to do everything. Yes, yes, exactly. I'm, I'm making the most use of my time. And if I don't get around to everything, well, then that's not my fault necessarily. <laughs> it's the, you know, passage of time's fault. Yeah, for sure. I used to be a like a leadership camp counselor and we would always a big focus of the first couple of days was like goals and objectives right it was like the things that we set and the objectives that are used to achieve these larger scope goals so it sounds like you have a, a good sense of 
what you want to do to get there is there any like particular discrete steps that you're looking that are like measurable maybe towards reaching these goals i don't necessarily think so um i mean i've been trying to brainstorm things you know again it's all kind of about reach and all kind of about influence and so i want to do more things on twitter and i want to like post like little videos maybe clips of things um, that I really enjoy or like a great play or, or something funny that happens um, just to kind of get that yeah. um, post like shared, see, just send it out. So more people see it, more people see what I'm trying to do. I mean, that's the whole thing about creating a following, I guess, or, or being a creator is just that the more eyes on it, the more chance that you're going to grow. So <laughs> trying to find those ways to do that. Um, and then being, again, being more mindful of the in-between times. Those are kind of the two two small goals that will hopefully achieve my bigger goals. Yeah. Well, that's awesome stuff. I know me personally, I'm specifically I want to at least get top four at another tournament this year at a regional. Yeah. You know, the Top eight's nice, but the glass is what counts, right? Oh, the glass. <laughs> it, it feels so good. It looks so nice. It does look pretty nice. Obviously, it's acrylic, but it still looks nice. <laughs> <laughs> Have I been stopped at the airport each time I've brought one home? Absolutely. But they are nice. <laughs> Impressive. Impressive. Yeah. I got my little shrine. You can't see them because they're acrylic, but they're... Uh, Right there. Ah, they look very nice. Right? Yeah, it's, it's dang near impossible to see. Even if, so, at least from, at least from what I'm looking, maybe the, you're getting like my laptop camera. Maybe you can see it better. But sure, uh, whatever. Anyway, I would love to. I would love to get uh, top four at another regional or better. Um, and part of that for me is going to be practicing. Um, every tournament that I do well at is birthed from extensive practice. Um, most recently worlds i had a lot of practice going into collinsville i had a ton of practice going into and obviously dallas was probably my most practice tournament of all time Mm -hmm. so putting in those hours and i've been trying to do that for dallas coming up here and we can talk more about that uh in a minute but i've been just been discord chatting with some of my friends and like seeing throwing ideas around and even if they're not actively playing i'll just like throw my game up on their screen using the discord streaming thing um so we can just talk about what's going on while also just having that like friendly banter of course but (laughs) obviously and of course that's not i'm trying to ideally not stop that at at dallas right like to keep pushing those boundaries and to keep um trying to to become better and practice more so i don't make silly mistakes because i I, you know every so often you'll go to like a league cup or something you'll I don't know if you ever had this problem, but I'll make like one stupid mistake and I'll think about that for like the rest of the day. And like, it won't necessarily impact my play, but I'm like, dang, like, why did I do that? (laughs) It absolutely happens. Yeah. And I want to, you know, bring that as close to zero as possible, of course. So, and I'm, so I'm really actively trying to work on that. Um, Aside from being a player though, I just like want to kind of like grow my local community here in, in Madison. I feel like, I've kind of like shelled myself up a little bit in the past year. Um, it's kind of hard adjusting to like living in a new place, having a new job and also yeah. doing like the social and the Pokemon. Um, and I want to kind of like balance that better. I don't think I have like a discrete objective to achieve that, but it's like some, a long term overarching thing that I want to have in my year. Um, sure. And then from the content front, I think 
last year was kind of interesting because we I feel like we actually did some really cool bra- groundbreaking by getting a consistent high quality Pokemon podcast out. So uh, thank you for taking me up on my offer when I came to you at the start of last year and coming on this adventure with me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy to think. I mean, it's been over eight months. I don't know exactly when we started. That would be kind of a good... Didn't we? Uh, I feel like we started after Dallas. So in January? Yeah. Or at least like the end of January, early February. That could be true. I mean, it's just time flies. Um, time does fly. I'm happy that we've gotten this far. Um, this is very, very fun to have a body of work that I can look back on and say, yes, I achieved that. Yes, I did that. Um, and like you were saying, it's something that we haven't really seen in Pokemon. We've seen podcasts and we've certainly seen podcasts come up after ours. Uh, but what we haven't seen is a consistent podcast um, of, I, you know, I don't want to say we're high quality, uh, but like two very good players discussing uh, the metagame or, or uh, general strategy about the game. We haven't really seen that. Um, and I think it's exciting. I think for me, uh, it's just a very cool thing to be a part of and i can't wait to grow more in 2020 do you have any ideas riley about where you want to take the tag team podcast heading into 2020 um i i've thought about it i've actually talked it over with my dad yeah he, he'll occasionally listen he doesn't really understand pokemon cards but he likes to listen to podcasts so he'll give us a listen and he just enjoys like content creation and the, all the pieces that go into that um so i've kind of like mulled over some ideas i don't think i've come to anything conclusively um, but at the very least, I think keeping up the consistency is something I want to do. I feel like we've done a really good job, especially over the last couple of months, of being very consistent about it. And that's something that I think is actually really, really valuable. Because um, mm-hmm. if you think about all of these, it's so easy to drop a project, right? And that's not a slam on anyone. I mean, there's plenty of weeks where I just didn't feel like I had the energy to get on and talk about Pokemon for an hour. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's about like pushing yourself. And especially for someone like me, who has like a low social battery, I guess you could say, um, being able to push that further and further is something mm-hmm. that I personally take pride in. But even outside of tag team, I want to like continue to push content and what it means in Pokemon. Um, I've been trying to like think about maybe doing videos or something, but kind of like, I don't know. I've, I feel like the, uh, the gameplay era is kind of, I don't want to say it's over, but it feels formulaic to me at this point. Uh, and that's not a slam on that. It's just not something that I want to do. So I'm trying to think about like how I would pursue Pokemon content in a different direction. Um, sure. And I have some ideas for that too, but I don't, I haven't put any of them to paper yet. Sure. So, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And so I, I'm generally just excited for what 2020 has, you know, I'm feeling good about this year. I'm feeling good too, Riley. And together, you know, we can make our dreams happen. For sure, man. Oh, and you just talked about losing a few pounds. I actually want to gain a couple more before I lose. Yo, okay. Tell you what, I will send mine. I don't think I want your particular pounds. Bro, I will send mine to you. So just remind me your address, send that uh, in Facebook Messenger, and then I'll just go ahead and ship them on over. Tomorrow, I think it's good. I can like express mail it. Well, first off, that would be kind of disgusting to actually get in the mail. And second, I think I want to earn my pounds. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Well, well, maybe we could have like a little competition. You know, we could see like who gains the most versus who loses the most. You know, <laughs> that's like I feel like that doesn't like 
have a one-to-one -one correspondence. <laughs> <laughs> and also, like, eventually I would probably take the weight off, too. Like, yeah, trim down. Enough. Yeah, so. yeah you, bro, you got to get those, um, what do they call these, lats or something? Yeah, these... <laughs> your traps. Yeah, those lats up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> your traps. <laughs> oh, the traps, the traps. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Riley, what uh, advice do you have for anybody listening who is, you know, maybe a competitive player, thinking about being a competitive player, um, heading into 2020, I mean, we've been talking about goals. What are ways that the average listener can set goals for the rest of their season? Are there any things that come to mind uh, when you think about setting goals for playing Pokemon that you could impart on a listener? Yeah, it actually kind of harkens back to what I was saying about like working in leadership camps is I think you, you should have like a tiered system to it, right? Like you have an overall vision slash goal. So like maybe your vision is to be better at Pokemon and your goal as a piece of that would be maybe to, you know, do however well at a regional, but mm -hmm. how are you going to achieve that? Right. It's so maybe, so you have to have like actionable items that will help you get to that goal. Right. I think that's the important thing that gets lost in a lot of people is they don't have a path to the goal. So if your goal is to be better at Pokemon, maybe you have set aside time on the weekend where you're playing Pokemon cards or like you at least plan to do that and mm -hmm. you get on Discord or you get on TCGO and you you play and converse with people about what is going on there. Um, and that, that doesn't have to be a catch-all solution. It can be any number of things, but it's just an example of, you know, maybe let's say you, you and I wanted to practice more for an upcoming event. We could say, hey, let's set aside three hours every Thursday and let's just get on Discord and practice. And, there you go. And talk about and write down everything that we do. Um, sure. I overall, I think just measurable actions are are key, and it even comes down to like even when we get into discrete testing sessions. You know, I'm a huge fan of like writing down what's happened and keeping all my thoughts in order, and um, and I see this at work too. Um, I see this at work all the time, actually. Like the times that I'm the most focused and get the most done is when I'm keeping objective task lists of thing I have to do when I need to do them and how I can do them. And when I have all that all that written down, I get way more done than when I come in and I'm just like, oh, I'm gonna do my work today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the same thing with Pokemon and it, it applies really everywhere. Um, sure. So that's kind of like the approach that I would take. I don't know if you had any other angles that you wanted to attack that from. Well, I just say like, take it from the smallest level. If you wanna win a regional, you can't think too, big you have to think at the very basic gameplay level the the turn by turn card by card level and building those habits and especially when i talk to people that i coach and just talking about how they go through a turn um sometimes there are just ingrained habits that they just haven't even thought about that they'll continue to do over and over again um not a knock on them but just like things that we're working on getting out of um but taking the smallest, most basic concept and element of the game and just thinking about it extremely hard so you are 100% sure that you have that knowledge of the correct play or the correct move um, to do. I think that's really, really important. Kind of deconstructing the way that you play the game um, has really helped me kind of grow, blossom, and just putting that 
very mindful effort into the smallest parts of the game, where to attach, where to retreat, all the possible plays I could make with this hand, um, what my opponent could have, you know, the list of cards they could play in their deck that would countermine, all these little things, uh, but that can really add up over the course of time uh, has really helped me blossom in my gameplay. Yeah, it's it's funny because we actually, it's almost like we talked about the same theme, but applying it in different ways, like working from the ground all the way up to the pinnacle right. that you're trying to achieve. Right. Um, Right. Because I think if I can come back from a tournament and say that I did everything that I could to win the games and I didn't win, then I will still be satisfied. Right. Um, I, I will still be happy with my performance if I come back and I say I did everything I could. You know, the matchups weren't for me. Um, the you know, the opponent had some crazy play that they pulled out that I just never could have predicted, or they hit the nuts off of the reset stamp or whatever it is that they did, that I didn't leave anything on the table in terms of my own gameplay. Um, and I then totally that, agree. And that's how I think how you can be very satisfied going to tournaments, how you can be fulfilled going to tournaments, even if you don't win the tournament. Um, and then if you do that long enough, that's how you see sustained success. For sure, man, for sure. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Thanks for sharing. Speaking of 2020, actually, and goal setting, um, we actually did do a giveaway in honor of the new year. And so if you weren't in the loop and maybe you didn't listen in last week or check out the Twitter, um, JW and I were doing a giveaway for a full art red and blue tag team supporter. We thought it would be kind of fitting, uh, kind of fits in with our vibe of being a tag team. Um, I personally characterize myself as red, the more quiet, serious one, and JW is the goofy, harassy kind of one. Yeah, (laughs) it just felt like a really good card to represent us. (laughs) I think JW is with me here, so it was perfect. It was perfect. So, uh, anyway, we did a giveaway. We opened up on Christmas, and everyone who followed the our Twitter account, liked, and retweeted was entered, and we drew a winner today shortly before the podcast aired so um if you are listening i don't know do you have any sense of how to pronounce that name i have no idea i don't want to yeah, butcher it, go for it. Just uh, go for it. i'm gonna say ma one ochio seems cr- closest i can get seems seems reasonable but uh we will we'll make another tweet and we'll dm you on twitter uh, thank you so much for everyone who participated. We will be having more giveaways in the future. We're thinking of maybe doing more tag team supporters um, yeah. and kind of keeping a theme going for a little bit. But if there is something that's more appealing that, give us that feedback and we'd be happy to incorporate your ideas into our future endeavors. Absolutely. And, and if you haven't yet, make sure you check out the tag team Twitter. It's just tag team Pokemon, really easy to find. And that's where you can get the latest updates on JW and I in tournaments and the tag and the tag team podcast itself and just our general content creation so thank you everyone for the support so far and we look forward to bringing you more of that in 2020 absolutely cool so shifting gears we have just a mere few weeks left until the dallas regional championship i believe it's just two and a half weeks away now which is kind of surreal it's coming up really fast but nevertheless expanded hasn't really been explored at a regional championship yet in this format. And I feel like there's a lot that has changed, obviously, with all these bands and new cards. There's been quite a bit of a shakeup, it feels like, with some old favorites like Turbo Dark obviously staying good. So 
JW, let's start with your current perspective on Expanded. I know right. you and I both have tested a fair amount at this point. What are your current thoughts on what maybe the top three decks are and why those fit into those positions? Yeah, I think the top deck for me heading into the regional is Gardevoir. I think the deck is just insanely poised uh, for this metagame. Very, very strong. Great GX attack. <laughs> really easy to set up. Like, very consistent. I think it has all the tools to just be the deck, the hot deck. Um, and if not the hot deck, at least a deck that performs extremely well. Um, just generally speaking, I think it has everything to win the tournament. Um, you know, you can put in Megalopunny if you're worried about, like, Dark. That could be kind of a cool thing that you can do. There's just a lot of ways to play around with the deck. You get things like Cynthia and Caitlyn, um, Guzmahala, those are Malolana, all these tag team supporters that really help it. The tag call engine is kind of good with it um, as well, but really, really strong. I mean, Silent Lab, such a good card right now. Power Plant, such a good card right now. So I think any deck that can really abuse that is going to go far. Um, so that would be my top choice right now heading into the regionals. I would say number two for me is my favorite, Mewtwo Box. Freaking love that deck. So good. <laughs> I think there are a lot of ways to outplay your opponent with the myriad of attacks that are available. You just have outs to anything um, that you can uh, that you can imagine. And then I would say number three is probably just classic Turbo Dark. That deck is very strong. Not my choice. I don't think like I would play it, but I definitely see uh, it performing well in cups, and I would consider it one of the best decks in the format i think a lot of people will take it whether or not it'll win the tournament i don't know obviously it got really close in roanoke um but for me it's just a consistent strong archetype that i think a lot of people will choose for good reason yeah and i would more or less echo what you would say as far as the top decks i think turbo dark is really kind of established <laughs> itself now as kind of the the top dog of this format it's, yeah actually almost feels like it has a little bit of a stranglehold where it's pushing decks out. And if you can't handle Turbo Dark, it feels like your deck is less and less viable by the day as sure. multiple Turbo Darks are topping every single cup. Yes, um, yes. I mean, the deck's just ridiculous. The only problem I have with playing something like Turbo Dark is A, you're going to be countered, obviously. Um, but then B, Turbo Dark mirrors are just some of the worst, man. They're so crappy. Yeah. <laughs> You know, any mirror where it's just like you're trying to spit damage on the board always feels terrible, and it feels skillless, and, you know, whoever hits the Guzmas or whoever hits the Max Lixers just ends up winning. And that's sure. just like a frustrating way to, to play your tournament. So I'm always hesitant to play a, a deck like Turbo Dark if I think it's going to be very popular, because I don't want to end up in that situation. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Guardian, I think, is pretty good. I think it doesn't take as good of a matchup to Turbo Dark as I would like, but I like it overall as a deck. Um, and I don't think the Turbo Dark matchup is so problematic that it's unplayable either. Um, whereas I think if you actually take like an auto L to Turbo Dark, you shouldn't play your deck. Um, right. And I don't think Guardi's that bad just because it has Silent Lab mostly. Right. <laughs> right. Um, I, st I still think the matchup's very good, but... It's such a good deck in other areas. Like it really gives like one prize decks a hard time. It gives 
Zorark a pretty hard time. And those are all things that are pretty appealing going into a tournament like this. So, Yep. And third, I would probably also say Mewtwo uh, with maybe Zoro Garb as like an honorable mention. I think both of them are pretty solid decks. I want to experiment more with Mewtwo, and I admittedly haven't put as much time as I would have wanted to so far in Mewtwo. Um, but I want to try out taking more advantage of Guzmahala and DCE and using a different array of attackers than we've previously had available. Especially, I think the main thing that you and I have both talked about uh, both with each other and on the podcast is including Megalophony and using DCE in that way to spit damage out really, really fast and aggressively. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because you have just so many, um, you know, things like Turbo Dark, right? They're going to play a ton of GXs. Um, things like, I don't know, uh, almost any other deck, like <laughs> GXs and EXs are where the format starts and ends and expanded in terms of every deck plays them to set up. You always have Shamans, you always have Dedenes, uh, Leles, all these kinds of things. And then if you're playing a deck like Zorark, you know, obviously your main attacker or, you know, your main support is a GX. So uh, should be good in a lot of different matchups. Megalopony, I expect that to be uh, not maybe heavily played, but certainly in, you know, have some very decent representation in uh, the top 32 in Dallas. Yeah, especially alongside cards like Mewtwo and Gardevoir, which can easily fulfill that third energy without much extra hassle. So, yep. I mean, Dark could even take advantage of it pretty easily if they wanted to. That's, uh, that's true. It would be a little bit harder with Dark, but... Yeah, definitely a, a little harder. But if they have Weavile up, it's more trivial, I guess. Sure. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So, um, definitely looking in those kind of directions. We actually have a question in chat about Rallet Eggs. I think that's another deck that probably actually might deserve a top three spot. Um, I think the deck's pretty good still. It lost Let Loose Marshadow, which hurts, but I don't think it's the end of the world. Mm -hmm. um, the only problem is it's, you know, it just has like the inherent flaws of being a counterable strategy, but I don't think it's on people's radars enough to necessarily be to be bad and having the basic lock and is a good enough strategy versus a lot of decks by itself it's true it's crazy yeah uh it's just it's so strong uh so counterable but so strong and i do not really expect it to perform that well just because turbo dark um should be such a good play and i feel like yes you can win that matchup um, but if the Turbo Dark player is building their deck to have a more favorable Rallet Egg matchup and you end up playing that deck, you know, if, if the matchup multiple times in a single day, I could see you beating it, you know, maybe half the time. But if you just play it too many times uh, and their decks are tech to beat you or, or even just shifted slightly to have more favorable cards against you, then it'll just be uh, it'll be a rough day for the Rallet Eggs player, I think. Yeah. So those are the top decks kind of on the radar right now. Is there anything else that you've kind of either experimented with or have seen a lot of? I mean, Ultra Necrozma has been everywhere. I feel like we've talked about it multiple times now. I don't think my thoughts have really developed anymore on it. Is there anything else that's kind of catching your eye at the moment or at least that you're seeing a lot of? Yeah, one thing that I've been seeing a lot on Hey Fonte and, uh, I mean, people are bringing it up in the chat right now, is the dolls um, you get... <laughs> The Lily's Pokey Doll, as well as the Robo Substitute. So now you have right. a dolls. <laughs> and you're them back in. 
you would, yeah, you would you would play it with like Orangaroo or you'd play with Sableye or something like that, where you can just continually reuse these dolls and um, deck your opponent out. I don't know that that strategy is so good. I think that it struggles mightily. I imagine I haven't actually played the matchup yet. I imagine that it struggles mightily with things like Seismitoad, things like Mewtwo with Noivern, um, thus making it not that viable in my opinion. <laughs> But I'm sure someone will try it, and I'm sure someone will do well with it. I just don't know that it has the juice to make it through the rounds necessary to win the tournament. Yeah, I, I to be fair, I don't think I've seen enough of the deck to really have a big judgment on it. But it seems kind of like a shaky strategy to me. Sure. At a high level. There's also things like, even more on the fringe, stuff like Shocklock, I think, actually has a lot of potential right now. It just topped one of the cups in Iowa, I believe. And mm. I don't really see people talking about it or playing a lot of ways to deal with it. Do you have any thoughts about Shocklock as a deck right now? Well, again, I don't... I'm, I'm, my testing might be warping how I feel about Shocklock, but when you play a Mewtwo deck that has two stealthy hoods, I don't really see that Shocklock being an issue um you can loss zone a couple lillipups on the first turn like it just seems like it shouldn't well mewtwo is probably the hard matchup i don't think stealthy hood is really even that big of a factor there though because they're just gonna lower it well they'll lower it for sure for sure but you play two i don't know i i think the biggest thing is just like the early aggression right um, i i think like the early boom burst or lost boomerang or venusaur or gx attack is what really is scary for for shot clock but i, I mean not every deck is Mewtwo either, though. There's so many other matchups which seem so ridiculous. That's true. That's true. So, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is, like, I don't know. I'm probably not going to play Shocklock um, for this tournament. I Actually, I almost will say I will not play Shocklock for Dallas. Coward. Uh, <laughs> coward, right. Exactly. I know you're all over it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, certainly... There is some viability there. Uh, that's the thing about expanded and trying to outline a metagame for expanded. And um, I don't know. There's been a lot of discussion about meta manipulation, but there's really only so many decks you can test. So the problem with that is that you have to kind of go with the big decks that are very good. And kind of my suggestion to people, if they're trying to go into an unknown metagame is to really dissect the best decks in the format. And then if you have like a counter play or rogue play, then put some time into that. But there's just so many decks in the format. There's too many decks that you could possibly make. Um, you have to find some way to like funnel it down, right? <laughs> you have to find some way to to cut the, cut the uh, excess. And so you're just going to have this kind of centralized metagame. Or at the very least, you're going to have people talking about a centralized metagame. You're going to hear people bring up Turbo Dark over and over. You're going to hear people bring up Guardi. You're going to hear people bring up Alternate Crossman. But that's because there's just so many decks and so many options. Um, so it'll be pretty exciting. I mean, I always love going into these expanded metagames because you really could play anything and succeed. Yeah. Well, I don't know about anything, but. <laughs> well, okay. I don't know about a theme deck, but you probably get a few ties with the theme deck. Uh, I was putting a little. A little bit of low faith into. <laughs> I uh, I also was experimenting. I told you about this the other day. I I don't really feel the need to keep this secret or anything. I was playing with a Pidgey deck, and yes. uh, 
I tried really hard for a bunch of hours to make it work. And I, to be honest, I think I got the lock to exactly where I needed it to be. But the problem is it doesn't feel that good. Like, the early game feels way better in Expanded. But, Wait, the, no, no. but the late game is, like, worse in Expanded than in Standard. <laughs> which yeah. feels really dumb. It's like, yeah. why are you even playing this deck anymore? Yeah. Um, especially with, like, this, the combos that I were trying. You basically have to lock your opponent at one prize. Whereas before, you could lock them at, like, two, three, using right. discard cards. Uh, but now you have to be more creative with the way that you shuffle your opponent's hand and discard cards because all the shuffle and discard is banned, basically. <laughs> so, uh, so it's just like, ooh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yikes, bro. Right, right. I think uh, I think too. There, there are decks like Fight Guys. I just consider that a deck, right? You have encompassing Fight Guys. You know. Landorus, things like Buzzwool, Lycanroc, things like Lucario. Lucario. I think yeah. Lucario is probably the premier fighting deck at this point. Yeah, and is... so <laughs> it's just, you know, and these things that will also crop up. I think they'll see some success. People just choose to play them to specifically counter Dark Box. Uh, I don't love those strategies necessarily because you know if you pick something like Lucario, you obviously just get destroyed by something like Mewtwo. Um, and so, yo, Lucario I, with Lana's fishing rod. I would, I would be very hesitant to play a direct counter deck like Fight Guys. Uh, Turbo Dark is very good. I wouldn't play something just solely fighting. Um, we have a lot of mentions in the chat here of Counterbox, something like that that maybe includes like a a Buzzwool, uh, Baby Buzzwool might be good, might see some play, uh, but I wouldn't play something that just only has. You know, like one good matchup or two good matchups. <laughs> yeah, that's so. the, that's the thing about expanded. It's just like there's so much going on, and I think that's kind of what you're getting at earlier. There's just it's so hard to account for what the metagame will look like because you really don't know. Yeah, there's... well, and that's the problem too is like because we're talking here and we're trying to provide insight onto what the metagame will be, and I mean I think we're doing the best job that we can, but that's the problem too is like we're talking about these decks, we're testing these decks, and then like we could have some new information come to us later on that just completely warps the way that we view the format. You know, somebody could come up with this busted deck and like, um, and show it on Hey Fonte or something, and then everybody knows about it, and then now that's the counterplay. You know, that, that literally <laughs> could happen tomorrow. Um, and it's just, it's so crazy because anything could happen. Yeah. But it's fun because anything could happen. Yeah, for sure. I think the the large card pool in Expanded really opens itself up to that. I, uh, I've actually been, like, a little dissatisfied with this current standard, so I'm also excited to dip into just, like, a huge pool and figure out something that I specifically really like and think is really strong, which is one of the appealing aspects of Expanded to me. Sure. Any other thoughts that you wanted to, to drop? Any knowledge bombs you wanted to throw at us, JW? <sighs> About Expanded? Yeah. I really enjoyed Guzman Hala when when it was first released for um, you know for expanded metagame. I think it's good. It was good in Mewtwo. I thought it was good in um, Guardi. I thought it was good in Ultra Necrozma. I'm a little bit less high on it now, um, considering the amount of Silent Lab that I've been seeing online and just sh that should be played. I feel like it's really like you, you can't play eggs necessarily to get around the discarding. And I just feel like getting rid of the, um, 
getting rid of all the resources in hand is is kind of bad with the Guzman Hall. So I haven't personally been playing the Guzman Hall on my Mewtwo list. I think that's kind of new because I was on like two. Oh, it's the best card. But yeah, really, you were really hyped for that card. <laughs> you have it. You have enough. You have enough um, draw with things like Shaman and Dedenne and, and Lele that you shouldn't need to Guzmahala and search for specific cards like that. So I don't know. That's kind of my. That's my thing that I've found through testing, at least in the Mewtwo deck, I haven't needed Guzmahala. Um, same kind of thing almost in Guardi. I don't know that it's necessarily needed. Um, definitely would play it in something like Alternate Cosma, though, where you absolutely need, you know, those energies and you only play four. But <laughs> yeah. I'll say that's, that's the biggest piece of insight I could give. Yeah, the only reason I would really like Guzman Hall and Mewtwo is if you're playing a thin DCE line, because then you can just pluck it. Yep. That's the that's the reason I like the card still, as opposed to exclusively trying to draw into it. So cool. Well, I think I think it's just so hard to hit on everything to expanded. Uh we'll keep trying to deliver everything that we know every week. <laughs> so yeah. I'm sure that there'll be new things to talk about, new decks that we've tested that have failed, new decks that have tested that have maybe have succeeded. So yeah. uh, we'll keep plugging away at it for sure. I'll just stop Ooh. playing Pidgey and actually <laughs> try and play a deck that takes prizes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know you love your lock decks, and I would be interested to see how something like a Mewtwo Zorark deck would fare in Expanded. Um, that was obviously one of the better decks at the end of like last year's expanded format, you know, just four, four Seismitoad, four, four Zorark, and a bunch of, you know, uh, <laughs> all supporters and things like this, lasers and stuff like that. Uh, I'd be curious to see how that works in this current standard, uh, or excuse me, this current expanded format. Um, there are a few other ways I want to go. Tonight I'm going to be testing Archie's Blastoise, which I think should be good. Uh, <laughs> theoretically, like it theoretically yeah, is Yeah, it's theoretically super good, but... Archie's, man. Archie's. I know. Archie's. Right. Exactly. Well, I want to try it with the Dust Skull. Yeah, the Dust Skull is good. The Dust Skull is good. That could be really broken. Um, somebody says here Night March in the chat. Night March. Again, it <laughs> this is like why it's so hard to talk about expanded. What's that? This yeah, is this like... is why it's so hard. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because you're like, well, I haven't really tested it, but it seems fine because it used to be good. Um, that's how, kind of how I feel about Night March. It should lose to Mewtwo, though. I. I will continue to ride the Mewtwo train because it wasn't prepared for control last format, but now that control uh, decks should, you know, not be played um, in this format or at least not be played in the same manner that they were played in. Yeah. I think it has time to, uh, to thrive. Yeah. Yeah, so, for sure. Anyway. Yeah. Night March. I don't know. Couldn't see it for me, but should see around it. Yeah, I think some people like it a lot, and there's certainly merit to Night March. Um, I don't think it's a bad play at all, really. Sure. At least, at least not right now. People don't seem to care about it much right now, so you can kind of get away with playing Night March. It's when people start remembering Night March that. I mean, I gotta say, Item Lock is really strong right now. You know, Item Lock is really strong. Um, yeah, I mean. You could it's say you could say that sentence at any time in any format. Yeah. <laughs> strong, but I just don't think that it's not strong. I don't. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard a colder take than "item lock is strong." You know, it's like 
everyone everyone knows that i hope well yeah probably (laughs) (laughs) guys you're not gonna believe this but Adam Locke is good. Holy <laughs> acting 2020. <laughs> We're really treading new ground in 2020. <laughs> cool. So I think that's probably as far as we'll go this week. We'll have a more dedicated episode next week towards expanded. So if you do have questions, feel free to tweet them at us at tag team Pokemon. So we can be sure to look at those. But if you have any questions right now, I think now is a perfect time that we could open up the floor and answer some chat questions. Chat questions. So be it expanded standard or really whatever else you got in your mind. Um, 2020 goal setting. 2020 goal setting advice. Anything. Feel free to drop it. Is there a funny goal that you have, Riley? Is there something that like is not really a major goal, but you're like, oh, that could be kind of cool. Do you have a personal example? Uh, like you really want to travel somewhere or you really want to do this weird hobby or, um, I don't think I have anything in particular. I've really gotten into uh, like these weird, like sweatshirts. Like I have the, all these crew necks. I have the pizza planet one and the one that says salty and I have this yikes one. It's not really a goal, but I want more of these (laughs) kind of thing. (laughs) Oh, let's get a tag team sweatshirt. (laughs) <laughs> what would it even look like and how would we get it produced i don't know but it'd be so busted wouldn't it it would be busted but yeah i want i want more fun sweatshirts okay yeah, those, those are cool i like the yikes so Yuncifer <laughs> asks top five standard decks before sword and shield uh so i'm not a huge fan of the standard format but I think decks are starting to to kind of organize themselves. And I think at least the top three right now to me look like... I think Tina Chop is solidifying itself as being really, really good. It's so simple, (laughs) and that's its greatest benefit. Um, Is it simple, though? It is, yeah. It's like... Because you can always linear attack. Right. Basically. And that's like setting you up to actually knock things out. (laughs) Yeah. It's actually pretty good. And the Roxy engine seems like super janky, but like it kind of just works. Yeah. Um, so I, don't, I, I actually really a fan of that. I was at a cup today, actually earlier today. And all of a sudden from, it went from zero to a hundred where nobody was playing Tina chomp in the area. And now like a third of the room was, <laughs> and they all were doing pretty well. And I was pretty surprised actually. So that's cool. I think that's looking to be a top deck right now. I think Pidgey is still like a fine deck. I don't. I think it struggles with the Tina Chant deck a little bit. Um, sure. As well as Mew Mew can be kind of tough, but I still like it. Um, mm-hmm. I think Malamar is really good right now. It's shown some repeated success, and then kind of on the fringe, I think like Mewtwo and ADP are both decent choices as far as like top five choices at what do you have any variation from what i've said so far i don't think so that that pretty much encompasses this yeah. standard i played pidgey today at my cup i did okay i would i went three and three um had Maybe. some had some bad beats i really should probably pack up the pidgey although it was really the the mistake was yeah. ultimately we took out i we played the mew poor tina chomp in ohio 
And then yeah. I took it out because nobody was playing Tina Chomp around here. I looked at I looked at multiple weeks of results, and there was no Tina Chomps in any cut. <laughs> <laughs> and then a ridiculous amount of people played Tina Chomp today. <laughs> and you got punished. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was funny. That is really funny. Yeah. If I had the Mew, I would have had a way better day because I would have started off 2-1. <laughs> Hate to see it. And Hate the matchups at the top were, like, a little better than the matchups in the middle. <laughs> It was just, it was an overall bizarre day. I had a lot of different bad beats. So. Yeah, for sure. But it was fun. I feel like Pidgey's like kind of fun. So I do fun. enjoy a good Pidgey. I like airmail is fun. Airmail is really fun. <laughs> Talk about fun deck uh, or fun uh, abilities. That's definitely one of them. I can't wait for the new Minchino. Yeah. I mean, I'm a Love sucker it. for trades. <laughs> Alaskan uh, Hero asks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you pick the best deck to test for a format so you don't end up hitting uh, the day of the tournament and find that the deck you've been practicing sucks? Well, I think there's always a non-zero chance that happens, right? I Like maybe you're testing against the wrong things or there's some secret deck that you weren't prepared for which makes your deck sucky in comparison or has like a really bad matchup. Um, it's always possible, but I think ultimately playing the most games against the widest variety of decks and keeping track of how those games go, um, either just like mental, mentally noting it or actually jotting it down, which I personally like to do, um, yeah. is the best way to do it. If you have recorded data that says your deck looks really good going to this tournament, then it, you made the best choice you could, right? Like you did, you did your homework. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and that goes back to what I t- kind of talked about too. Is just like when you put in that effort and you you have that all documented and you know going in like my matchups that are good are here my matchups that are bad are here and i know how to play those matchups and you come away and you know you faced all the good matchups and you made day two and like you're pat yourself on the back like you did uh you did your homework and you performed well um but if you do your homework and you don't do well like you can still come out of there saying, Hey, I'm proud of myself for what I did because I showed the effort necessary to perform well. It just didn't right. happen this time. Yeah. And there's just there's just always the non zero chance of a secret deck that beats yours or or whatever. The one thing one thing I will say is make sure that when you do that testing, um that you're testing against a wide variety of things and not limiting your scope so much because that can very quickly warp your perception of what a format looks like. Like, yes, we listed the top three decks that we each have in Expanded, but if you've listened to the whole podcast, you know there's like a million decks in Expanded. There's so many things that can happen. So, you know, even if you beat all three of the top three decks, you could still have five rounds against random stuff. And if you lose to all of that random stuff, then your deck is bad still. (laughs) <laughs> yeah 100 percent true yeah yeah having just as wide of a scope of the metagame as possible and this is kind of where i like expanded where you can kind of look back on previous results and get a very good feel for how things should go and how matchups should go um but still with like some new spice that you know with the new set like that could make something else good um this is where i like this holistic view of of expanded and just having uh, experience with these cards over a long period of time um you know, yeah, just the more time that you put into it, the more you're going to get out of like knowing, okay, this is good. This deck is good. This card combination is very good versus this other card combination, which maybe isn't as good. So, so Mitch Master reaching back towards goals 
and asking, how do you set a goal that is not so easily achievable, but not next to impossible? Uh, so they gave an example relating to topping cups versus uh, day twoing at regional. And I think ultimately it's hard to like discretize, right? Like it's hard to say, you know, what is the difference between top eighting a bunch of cups versus day twoing one regional? Because it, you know, it depends on all sorts of different things. Um, I think generally if your if your goal let's say is to top 32 a regional and to get the money or to just stick the experience of being in day two uh, whatever that means to you then your goal should simply to be to be better at pokemon right like that should be your overarching goal and something that would be measurable would be day two in a regional and getting top 32 and how would you get to, and then you go the step lower how do you day two a regional well you have to practice a lot going into that regional and know your matchups really well and right. you know how do you practice a lot well you establish a testing group or have set testing plans to do that and so you just keep stepping down those stairs until you get to really wide things that are much more easy to achieve and once you climb those stairs the next goal becomes easier and easier to achieve because you've already done so much legwork getting into leg the work. next step yep absolutely cool couldn't have said it better myself riley <laughs> thank you jw <laughs> thank you <laughs> Gassy165 asks, who do you think is generally favored in the Tina Chomp versus Malamar matchup in standard and why? JW, do you have any thoughts on this? Um, I do not. I apologize. I have I have not played that matchup specifically. So yeah. I don't want to give any incorrect information on that matchup in particular. Yeah, I think Tina Chomp sounds like it would be favored or like in my experience has been favored if it's able to get the the right routes to winning um particularly if it's able to save its miss magius and get to the three price turn and take advantage of the baby blown those are all mm-hmm. things that make it better in the matchup um, sure i think it can really go either way so i don't i don't think it's like a 70 30 or anything crazy like that um but i think tina chomp is slightly favored Sure. Yeah, makes sense. What do you think suffer? Uh, what deck do you think suffers most from the new supporter rule that is upcoming? It's got to be Welder decks, right? I was gonna say it has to be things like Abilities Art. I think of most specifically uh, Mewtwo should probably be fine, but um, Abilities Art just definitely wants that turn one Welder, <laughs> and definitely is not gonna get it in a couple months. Yeah, for sure. PGT asks, how does ADP deal with Roxy Chomp? I don't think it really does. <laughs> you know, I you can you play two ADPs, they're gonna GG end one and kill the other before you GX attack with it. So yep. at that point, what do you do? Right. You just play right. with only Keldeos and attach manually for six turns. That's <laughs> that seems like a recipe for disaster. Absolutely. <laughs> and cool. I think this can be the last question before we transition into your stream, JW. Bob McDoodle asks, do you think that Chinchino will replace Pidgeotto in Pidgeotto Control? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm leaning towards yes. You might still play a Pidgey or two just to be able to clean draw as opposed to discard. But uh, especially, I we're getting like more recycle cards. So like the yep. fishing rod, 
um, which makes it easier to use trade. The only thing that makes me a little bit anxious about Chinchino is the fact that that trade can be costly in this format. Like sure. discarding can be costly in this format in the Pidgeotto sure. deck. But with Fishing Rod, that completely circumvents that issue because um, sure. you just Fishing Rod and a bunch of energy in Pokemon and you just trade those. So. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I, yeah. That's that's 100% right. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Chichito seems like better in that instance, right? Because it draws twice as fast. Like, uh, you see the same amount of cards, but you're thinning your deck twice as fast. So. Mm-hmm. Right. Cool. 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 Well, I think we've hit a lot of awesome stuff this week. JW, thank you so much for joining me. And thank you, chat, for being a part of this, as always. We look forward to bringing more awesome tag team content in 2020 and if you have any questions advice or ideas feel free to shoot that over to our twitter tag team pokemon and be sure to follow jw and i individually as well at flex steady righteous and at smiles with riles and with that we're signing off and we'll see you next week peace